first song they sang tonight. Be still God. I was riding down the road the other day when I was at work. You can go ahead and open your Bibles up to Genesis 39. I was riding down the road the other day, going to a job. And uh, rode past this big old cow pasture. As I rode by, I looked back there, way back at the back of that old cow pasture. There's an old American flag standing there all by its lonesome. It was ripped, torn, faded. I got to thinking about what this country was built on. Bible principles. Got to thinking about what made this country what it was. Church. Mainly it's the Lord, but the church. I got to thinking, I was like, boy, we might be battered, we might be beaten, we might be torn. But thank God we're still standing. <laughs> the world's trying everything it can to get rid of us, but thank God He's still got a remnant. And I bless His name tonight. He's still God. <laughs> He's still God when the sun shines bright. He's still God on a cold, dark night. He's still God in the fields of green pastures. He's still God in the hot, barren deserts. He's still God on the top of the mountain. And He's still God in our valleys of doubt. <laughs> He's still God when strength is all gone. And he's still God when the battle's been won. He was God for Adam when his sin he handled. And he was God for Elisha when he took up the mantle. He was God unto Esau when the birthright was sold. And he was God unto Jacob until he grew old. He was God unto Moses when he cast down the rod. And he was God to all Israel in the path they trod. He was God unto Abram when his journey he took. He was God unto Paul when the jailhouse shook. <laughs> he's still God when to Calvary you look. And he's still God in the blessed old book. Amen. In Genesis 39 tonight, I'm sorry, I had to get that out of my system. It was about to eat me alive. Genesis 39 tonight. I'm sorry, y'all going to hear me doing that a lot. It got to me. Lord's been helping me. Verse number 10, And it came to pass, as he spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not to her, to lie by her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she called him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out and it came to pass when she saw that he left his garment in her hand and was fled forth that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them and saying see he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us he came in unto me to lie with me and I cried with a loud voice and it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried 
that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. God, we thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you for your love. God, thank you, Lord God, for your grace tonight. Lord God, I thank you tonight, Lord, that you love somebody like me. God, somebody so wicked and vile. Somebody so wretched and undeserving. Unfit for the things of God. Lord, I thank you. Lord God, that Lord, you don't see what I see. Lord God, I thank you tonight. Lord God, that one day, God, you just decided, Lord, to send your son to Calvary's cross. Lord, to suffer and die, Lord, in my stead. God, to take upon himself, Lord, my sin and my shame. Lord, to be what I could not be, and Lord, to do what I could not do. Lord, I thank you for it tonight. God, I pray, God, for just a moment, God, would you put your hand on me and help me, God, to say to them, Lord, what you've said to me. Pray, God, that, Lord, you'd fill me with your spirit, Lord God, as I try to convey this thought. Lord, help me now, I pray. I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I bless your name tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So we all know the story of Joseph. We know how Joseph was the, Brother TJ, I'm just a little bit loud. Thank you. But we all know how Joseph was, was the beloved of his father. He was the most loved of his father. The Bible said that Jacob loved Joseph more than all his brethren because he was the son of his old age. And we know how Joseph's brothers hated Joseph and, and uh, how they, they ridiculed him, they mocked him, and they, 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 they hated him, they threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. We all know the story of Joseph and how the life of Joseph is playing out. I can see Joseph as just a little kid uh, looking up at his father and looking at his brothers out there in the field watching over the flock and enjoying and, and working in the family business. I can see Joseph looking out there at his brothers and saying, Man, I can't wait till the day comes that I can go out there and serve my father like my brothers. And I can, I can see Joseph getting out there with his brothers and looking up to his brothers and their work and everything that they did and looking up to them and seeing and believing that he was going to impress them with his work. I can see Joseph.
As he walks down there, probably tied to some camels or some horses or something, as they're leading him down to Egypt after they've drew him up out of the pit. And I can, I can see Joseph with the tears in his eyes waiting and longing to see his father again. I can see Joseph with the pain and the agony of his life. And I just want to take for just a moment, uh, just a little bit of your time tonight and talk uh, about what to do when it seems like everything is against you. The only thing Joseph was trying to do in his life was please his father. The only thing Joseph was trying to do was live a godly, peaceful, holy life. And I'd like to say tonight that that's probably about where all of us are tonight. Just want to live a peaceful life. Just want to be holy. Just want to do right. And my friend, it seems like every time we get a step forward, it's like something happens that just pushes us back. It's like every... You ever see the little cartoons where they... Somebody comes up behind them and pulls up the grass behind them and yanks it out and they fall on their face and their teeth shoot forward and the birds are flying around their head. That's what it's like, amen. It seems like every time I know in my life I, I try to do everything right. I go to work every day. I get up, I read my Bible, I pray. I pray with my family. I love with my family. And my friend, I go to church. I, I, do, I do everything that I know that I'm supposed to do, but somehow... Some way it just seems like I'm held in one place and I can't get anywhere in my life. Have you ever been there? That's where I live about 90% of my life. I don't know about y'all. But it just seems like everything I do, I can't get no headway. I believe that's where Joseph is. Joseph, we see Joseph starting out, all he's trying to do is please his father. Do the will of his father. Do what his father wants him to do. We see Joseph down in Egypt. And after Joseph had been sold into slavery, I mean, you, could, you, you would think that Joseph would have some animosity towards his You would think that Joseph would be mad. You would think that Joseph would be angry. You would think that Joseph would have the attitude that I'm not going to do anything for these people. They bought me like I'm just something uh, off the street. Uh, they bought me like I'm a dog. My friend, I want to say to you tonight, Joseph didn't have that mentality. But Joseph went out to Egypt uh, and he got into Potiphar's house uh, and he served Potiphar with everything he had. He said, well, if I'm going to be here in Egypt, uh, if I'm going to be in this place, I'm going to have to make do with what I've got. I'm going to have to be the best that I can be. And I'm going to have to try to get somewhere where it doesn't hurt so bad. That's what Joseph knew. Joseph submitted himself to God when he got down in Egypt. I don't know about y'all, but I was a saved young boy going to a public school. It's hard. I, I don't have an outline tonight. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all. I don't have an outline. I'm winging it tonight. Not that I don't have anything to say. It's just, this is what God put on my heart. I, I, I was a saved young boy living in high school, in a public school. And I know that don't seem like a whole lot, but that's a wicked place out there in Burke County, Georgia. That's wicked. 
I remember, I got to be careful about how I say this with the kids in here. I remember going out on the breezeway with my friends and uh, we'd go out there and we'd, we'd pull out a bowl. Y'all know what that is. If you don't, I'll tell you after church. We'd pull out a bowl and light it up. I remember going out there to the parking lot. We might have a cooler. We'd sit out there in the truck and drink. Friends that I had, the things that they talked about, the things that we did, the things that we said, the people that we were, it was wicked and ungodly. And I got saved and God changed my life and I couldn't do that stuff anymore. But I, you better believe the temptation, the, 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 the draw, the pull was still there. All I wanted to do was live for God. All I wanted to do was live for God. All I wanted to do was be holy. All I wanted to do was do right. And there was times that I messed it up. There were times that I failed. Now we don't see that in Joseph's life, but we see mercy on Joseph. Joseph got there in the jail. The Bible said God had mercy on him and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper. But the one thing that made it all worth it, that made the struggle and everything worth it, when I sat in my second period math class with a boy named Ellis Arnold. And I sat there and he looked at me and he told me, he said, Jeff, you just ain't the same anymore. He said, you're not the same person I used to know. And uh, I told him what happened to me. I told him about the Lord and I got to preaching to him. We took up the whole class period. Preaching, didn't do a lick of work. We took up the whole class period telling the boy about Jesus. And just before the bell rang to go to the next period, the boy bowed his head and got saved in the second period of math class. Got to walking down the hallway. The first thing I did was pulled out my old brother Josh and told him about it. said, you'll never believe what I just did. <laughs> or what the Lord just did, not me. Joseph could have had the attitude. I don't know how I got off on all that, but Joseph could have had the attitude. I'm not going to do a lick. I'm not going to do a thing. I'm not going to do nothing for Potiphar. I'm not going to do anything for Pharaoh. I'm not going to do anything for these people. I just want to go home. I want to go be with my father. I want to go be with my brothers that hate me. I want to go be with my mother. He said, I just want to go home. He could have had that attitude. But the Lord gave him strength he submitted himself was the word that I was looking for he submitted himself to the will of God first thing you do when it seems like the whole world and everything else is against you what's that verse in Psalm 37 commit thy way unto the Lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I 
feel like that's a lot of the problem with a lot of Christians these days. We get out there and we get to struggling and it seems like it's just too hard and we throw our hands up and throw in the towel and say, I quit. I'll tell you this. I heard somebody say one time. They said, they said hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. I think a lot of our problem and a lot of the reason why we have such a hard time getting anywhere is because we're, we're weak. What's your prayer life like? What's your Bible study in life? What's your church attendance like? We have a lot of commands in the Bible. It's not, it's not something God uh, gives you an option to do if you're a Christian. It's a command to pray. It's a command to worship. It's a command to praise Him because He's worthy of it. He's worthy of our time. He's worthy of our energy. He's worthy of our efforts. My friend, He went to Calvary. You think there was anybody that had a reason to complain? You go look at the Lord Jesus and the things that he suffered, the beating that he took. My friend, he was beaten beyond recognition. You could see the inside of his body. My friend, if there was anybody that had a reason to complain, it was the Lord Jesus. But the Bible said that he opened not his mouth. And when he was revived, not again. My friend, I want to say to you tonight that we've become a bunch of weak men in this time. In this. I'm not trying to be mean or anything tonight. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord put on my heart. And it's probably because it's something I need to hear. And I figure if I need to hear it, somebody else does too. Because we're weak. We don't pray. We don't read our Bible. Can I be honest with you tonight? Even now, there's a lot of times in my life, and I'm, I regret to even say this, I try, I try so often. I'll skip a night of reading my Bible. I'll get to talking to me and spiritual, and I'm sitting there under conviction because I ain't read my Bible. And when I'm under conviction, I can't think of nothing to say back. So then I look like I'm really not spiritual, and I really don't know Jesus, and I don't know what in the world I'm doing here. I'm just being honest tonight. There's times that I don't read my Bible. And I don't like it. It eats me alive every time because it's, I've got a Bible just about in every corner of my house. I've got one that stays in my truck just in case I run into somebody on the road so I can show them something in the Bible. One that stays on my desk because that's where I, most of the time it's too junky for me to sit there and read it, so I normally grab it and sit on my bed because I'm too lazy to clean up the desk. But I've got one that sits on my desk. I've got one that sits on my nightstand sometimes. I've got one that sits on my dresser. Got one that stays in the living room, one that stays, I think we got one in the kitchen. I could be lying to you on that. 
we got all them Bibles, and sometimes I just decide I really don't feel like it. Y'all know what it's like. You come home from work, you men, you come home from work, and you've been working out there in this heat. I don't know about y'all, but I crawl around in attics for a living, and it's hot. If it's 100 degrees outside, it's 150 degrees inside of an attic. You get out that attic, you are wore out, tired. You get home and you just, I'm too tired. I just open my Bible. It's not like I'm going to be able to focus on it anyway. I'm not going to remember what I read, even if you don't remember it. Read it. Say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pray in the morning, Lord. I'll pray tomorrow, Lord. Lord, right now I just really want to go to bed. If you'll leave me alone, Lord, I'll get up early in the morning and I'll pray. And you know good and well you ain't going to get up early in the morning to pray. You're just trying to say something to get the Lord off your back. Joseph submitted himself. What's your submission like? What are you submitted to? You submitted to yourself? submitted to God. Submitted his way, submitted himself. And he just kept on serving. Joseph got thrown in prison. And he just kept doing right. The Bible said that the keeper of the ward put everything under Joseph's hand. He just did right. I think a lot of the reason we have such a hard time is because we spend so much time complaining about the hard time that we're in. We don't do nothing to try to get out of it. We just want to complain. Let everybody know. Oh, look at me. Look at me and how I'm struggling. We want the attention. I know a bunch of people. Oh, look at me. Look how I'm struggling. I want a pity party. Joseph, he just did right. He served God. It made it a little bit easier for him in, in the prison. And then, you know what? There's two more people that's thrown in the prison. A butler and a chief baker. And both of them had a dream in one night didn't have nobody to interpret their dream. Then we see Joseph come in with the nature of an almighty God. We know because we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He looked at those two men and he said, why are you so sad? What's wrong? He said, how can I help you? He said, we've had a dream and we have no interpreter. Old Joseph over there, he said, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dream. He said, I know him. He was witnessing to those men. It's like, like, look at God. He told them the interpretations of their dreams. One of them, it was good, and the other one, it wasn't so good. 
I wonder how that conversation went. I wonder what Joseph told him. I wonder if we'll see that that uh, that baker in heaven because Joseph witnessed to him and told him about God. He said, I know somebody that can help you. Sorry if, if it seems like I'm struggling. I know it gets hard. I know we have a hard time. We beat ourselves up over it. I'll say this. A lot of our trouble is not caused by anything else but us. But we cause a lot of our trouble. Got what I was saying there. <laughs> what was I saying? I know that, but there's something I was going to say before that. I just had to chase that rabbit there for a minute. Joseph, I know it's hard. I know we struggle. We beat ourselves up over every little thing. But if we just do right, mercy for those that do right. There's mercy for those that serve God. There's mercy, there's grace, there's love, there's peace, there's joy for those that love God. Joseph did right. And how was he rewarded for his doing right? He was forgotten. Sometimes you just got to deal with what life gives you. Thank you, brother. Sometimes you just got to deal with it. But thank God you won't have to deal with it too long because in the next chapter, Pharaoh has a dream and the old butler comes in there and he says, I know somebody that can tell you about that dream. Joseph comes up out of the prison. They, they put up a, they put on him a robe, took the ring off of Pharaoh's hand, put it on Joseph's hand. And Pharaoh told Joseph, he said, Only in the throne am I greater than you. Ruled over all the land of Egypt. There's a brighter day coming. It'll only be hard for a little while. Think what this country needs, what this world needs, what the churches need is some strong men that's willing to endure the hardness and the hardships of life. It'll get better one of these days. trying to remember that verse in 1 Thessalonians 4 talking about the Lord coming back I can't remember how it starts anybody know the verse I'm talking about you are asleep I can't hear you Be 
which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. He's coming again. He's coming back here in just a little while. We ain't going to have to endure it much longer. Amen. It's a privilege and an opportunity to preach.